Welcome back to the Very Short Introductions podcast. From public health to Buddhist ethics, soft matter to classics and art history to globalisation, we'll showcase a concise and original introduction to a wide range of subjects for wherever your curiosity may take you. So here is today's Very Short Introduction. Hi everybody, my name is um, Alan Tansman. I teach Japanese literature at the University of California at Berkeley. Um, I was also, uh, for a while, the director of Berkeley's Townsend Center for the Humanities. I've been teaching Japanese literature for 30, 35 years. So it's it's with that background and mostly teaching undergraduates the history of the literature that I came to write this VSI, uh, which is called uh, Japanese Literature. The topic is vast. It's 1,500 years of literature, and it deals with a variety of genres from poetry to literary treatise to theater to popular literature to deeply mournful and sometimes sad uh, poetry and writing about suffering um, to playful and erotic popular literature. It starts in the 8th century. It goes to the late 20th, early 21st century. It concludes with a writer most people who read novels in the world now know, uh, Murakami Haruki. Um, but it covers uh, a vast range of the most famous Japanese writers in the Japanese literary canon, some of whom I think audiences who would read this book would already know. But also it includes writers that, although famous in the Japanese tradition, are quite obscure outside of Japan. So one hope of the book is that people will get excited by my descriptions of these writers and their works and then go read them and read more works by the writers um, I mentioned. Um, I first got interested in Japanese literature when I was a kid, late in high school, so that's over 40 years ago. And I read a novel called Kokoro, which means heart or spirit, written in 1914 by the Japanese writer Natsume Soseki. And I, he is treated in the book quite at length, uh, two or three pages, which is a long stretch in a book like this. And what, what appealed to me then as a reader of American and European literature, mostly American and British literature, was that this was a novel that felt like a novel, but it felt very much like a strange novel, like a novel that came from a different world. So it was both familiar and, at that time, exotic. Um, it was also a novel that was um, full of pain and suffering and the attempt by a writer to deal with his experience of becoming uh, a modern person in a modern world and all the difficulties that that condition created for people in his world. So that was that was my first exposure to Japanese literature at a time when Japanese literature was not on the map among readers of world literature. Japan was not yet an economic power, but somehow it seemed both familiar, as I said, and very distant, which is what appealed to me. And still, I realize after 35 years, appeals to me. That is that we read Japanese literature and it seems to be like the literature we're used to, but it also seems to be different in important ways. Um, one of those ways which, which I have always been interested in is how it's been influenced um, by Buddhism, um, which was imported to Japan from China and Korea in the 6th, 7th century, along with writing itself. That is, the Japanese had no form of writing until the import from China through Korea. So I've always been interested in how a Buddhist sensibility of the impermanence of things, of uh, the passing away of all things, has infused uh, Japanese writing. And it's always struck me that that may be different than 
the influences, the philosophical and religious influences that have informed uh, European, American, Latin American literatures. Um, what I've also found myself interested in at an early age and to this day is the incredible importance of women's writing in Japanese literature. What many people believe to be the first novel in the world, although there were debates about this. Some people talk about Cervantes, some talk about the Greek novel. But what many people and, and fans of Japanese literature talk about as the first novel in the world was called The Tale of Genji, written by um, a woman, Murasaki Shikibu, in the 11th century. And this tradition of women's writing continues into the modern period. My first book, in fact, was about a woman writer whose name is Koda Aya, who is the daughter of a very famous uh, male writer. And I've been interested in the, the literary relationships between women writers and their female and male predecessors. Um, something else that's always interested in me that informs my work in thinking about Japanese literature, uh, which does relate to what I said a little bit earlier about the influence of China, is that from the beginning, Japanese literature has been infused um, and deeply informed by the thinking, literature, religion, and philosophy of places outside of Japan. For centuries, that place was China through Buddhism, but also through Chinese literary forms, Chinese poetic forms, Chinese thinking about literature that lasted, let's say, from the 8th century to the 19th century. It's a long time, over a 1,000 years. Then with the massive reading by Japanese writers and thinkers of European and American literature, thought, poetry, philosophy, et cetera, and the very quick um, and extensive and wonderful translations of works from outside of Japan into Japan, Japanese literature became a form that was not only influenced by early Chinese literary forms and by Buddhism, but now by European literary forms, the European novel, for example, and also Christian thought. So Japanese literature to me has always been a global literature, an amalgam of many, many forms. And it's one of the most exciting things about it is that any novel or any piece of work you can look at, you can see a whole world of literary work behind it. In thinking about the history of Japanese literature, I, I realized that um, I've been guided by what I've tried to transmit to students over my teaching career, not only in surveys of Japanese literature, but also in courses on individual writers. And what rises to the top in those years of teaching are specific writers who seem maybe most um, impenetrable, at the same time, most familiar to some readers outside of Japan. I'm thinking of people like Yukio Mishima, the many uh, readers outside of Japan may know him, uh, particularly a book of his that I really love from 1949 called Confessions of a Mask, which is a fictionalized memoir of a young man who's trying to come to terms with his nascent homosexuality and can barely bring it to consciousness. So it's a book about hiding behind masks. It's called Confessions of a Mask in order to reveal to himself in the world that he is gay in a world that does not accept it. So it's a very, very painful book uh, about um, the sufferings of a young man trying to be authentic to himself. Mi Mishima, many people will know, in 1970 um, committed a spectacular form of suicide. Um, he disemboweled himself in a very ancient way and was beheaded. Um, he wrote at the end of his life a tetralogy of works. In each of these novels, a main character dies and 
is reincarnated into the main character in the next novel. In the final fourth novel, we learn that the whole thing has been, the whole world of these four novels has been a dream, has been a Buddhist dream. The day after he wrote the last page of the novel and sent the last page to his translator in the United States, Donald Keene, he committed suicide. So that was a shock to me as a kid and a shock to the Japanese reading public as well. So I've been interested in, in also not just the, the breadth of the tradition, but individual specific writers who seem to uh, speak deeply within it, but broadly beyond it. So I would hope that, that reading the snippets and descriptions of the breadth of Japanese literature uh, with particular emphasis on specific writers that I have come to love or have found intriguing will interest readers most of all in reading the novels and, that I have mentioned and pursuing more deeply the writers I have talked about because there's a huge world of Japanese literary production that I've barely touched upon that I think will open up readers to um, the imagination of a great literary culture and have them reflect upon their own reading habits and their own um, thinking as human beings in the world. And I think that's one thing that Japanese literature, like all literatures do, is they allow us to think about the human condition through literary form. Thank you for listening to season six of the Very Short Interruptions podcast. Please stay tuned as we will be back with new episodes in October. In the meantime, you can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app, such as Apple or Spotify, to receive all of our episodes directly in your feed. The Very Short Instructions podcast can also be found on SoundCloud and YouTube at Oxford Academic.